in today's show. We're looking at players who are sell highs, looking at players who are buy lows. Pascal Siakam's on this list. Let's talk about him. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. Buy lows, sell highs. Caveats are going to apply. We know this. This is not everybody who's a buy low. This is not everybody who's a sell high. A buy low does not mean that you drop them if you have them. It does not mean that you have to go and acquire them. A sell high does not mean that you have to trade them away. It's all about just trying to find value. If you can get a player at a cheaper um, trade price, you do it. If you can capitalize on someone's hot streak, you do it. Otherwise, either enjoy the ride or wait for the regression that's going to come, the positive regression that's going to come that's going to be really good for you. That's just how this stuff works. But trying to take advantage of ups and downs is a great way to strengthen your squad for fantasy basketball, and that's what we're here to do. So before we get into talking about who the buy lows and sell highs are, let's have a look at how we did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Warnie, what do you reckon? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's have a look at how we did on this show two weeks ago. These are the guys that I had as the buy lows. Buddy Heald, he was the 300th ranked player, and since then he's been 214th. I think that number will go up a little bit as he starts to play a lot more minutes in Indiana, but it's been a good start. Evan Mobley was 240th. He's up to 116th. I still think there's a little bit of buy low in him there at that number. Stormin Norman Powell, well, he was 138th. He is now 50th, and he is now probably out for the regular season, I'm guessing, with that broken foot. We don't know exactly for sure, but a broken bone and a foot for a team that's already missing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I wouldn't imagine. Again, these moves that they made were, were for next season. I wouldn't imagine that Norman Powell is coming back before March, before middle of March. Maybe he's back at the end of March, but fantasy playoffs are basically done by then. So it's rough stuff, but hey, maybe you got a little bit out of him. Joshy Giddy was 171st. He's pulled into 57th over these last two weeks. That might be verging on maybe that's too high, sell high times situation, which is what you do with these guys. They can be buy lows in two, you know, two weeks ago, and then they can turn into sell highs. It's just about maximizing what you do. And Drew Holiday, who was a buy low, who I wasn't, I was, I was pretty confident in him being a buy-low, but it, was, it wasn't much margin for it. Well, that worked out pretty well. He was 57th when I did the buy-low show. He's now into 13th in the time since then. Giannis is doubtful for today, so I don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing for Giannis. I don't think so. But Drew, yeah, Drew at 13 actually turns him into a sell-high. So again, manipulating it. On the sell-high side of things, Chris Paul was the third-ranked player. That was a clear sell-high. He's dropped down to 14th. Still really good. And there's still maybe a spit to squeeze out of that. Kyrie Irving was ninth. You had to sell him. You just had to trade him away. He's 39th now over the last two weeks, and he's going to play one game in the next 16 days. Um, yeah, it's not... It's not. Obviously, there is a, a seven-day break or six-day break in the middle there for the All-Star break, but still, he is playing one game over this time. So 
do not, um, yeah, your window to sell, yeah, you, you, you'd think it's, uh, it's pretty much cooked. Jakob Pertl was 26th. He's dropped down to 42nd. So a little bit of a fall off there. Farton Will Barton's gone from 46th to 77th. Again, a little bit of a fall off. And Ayo Desunmu has gone from 49th to 73rd. And with Ball and Caruso and now Levine on the shelf, Desunmu's value is going to stay pretty solid for a, for a significant chunk of time here. So that's, uh, that's how that all looked. Let's start with the sell highs and let's go to Toronto. And let's go to Pascal Siakam, who has been obviously really, really good. Over the last two weeks, Big Pass is the eighth-ranked player in category leagues. Eighth. So why? How's that? He's 10th in points leagues. That's really bloody good. For the season, Siakam is the 27th-ranked player. That's obviously awesome. He has been dominating. The 40 minutes a game, they help. Will they continue to do that? Well, I don't really see Nick Nurse changing much. So probably... But what he is doing is combining that with 60% from the field, including 65% from two. He's also averaging 10 boards per game over this time and almost five and a half assists. Now, I can very easily see a scenario where Siakam is a top 25 player the rest of the way. I'm not really sure I'm going to buy 40 minutes, 27 points, 60% field goals. 56% field goals? Sure. But that, again... Percentage categories are always your biggest influences because they influence multiple categories. So you go from 60% to 56%, even on the same usage, and 27 points becomes maybe 26 points or 25.7 points. You just lose that little bit. And both categories dropping a little bit drops you 10 spots, 15 spots. So while he's on a real roll at the moment, putting up you know, 27 and 10 with five and a half assists, lose, lose 5% off each of those and lose... You have five percentage points off your field goal percentage, and you're back to being the 30th best player. So, you know, if you can get a top 15, top 18 player for Siakam, do it. And when I say ranking numbers, again, people ask this question a lot, and I'm sure I'm going to always have to answer this. I'm literally never talking about totals. Actually, literally never. There is no forward projectability. There is, it's a, not a way that evens out players' values at all, because if someone was injured, in the last two weeks, or someone played a worse schedule, or you know, back when we were having the peak of the COVID period, there was games postponed, they were at a disadvantage. So they might be the 150th best player, but on a per game, they're 40th. And which one's more realistic? Like being able to judge everyone on their merits and per game is the way to do it. Totals is, yeah, at the end of the season, when you want to look back and see how players perform, you can look at total value and go, well, this guy actually produced because he played in this many games. But when we're trying to evaluate players right now for what they just did and what they might do moving forward and how that can translate, totals have absolutely no impact whatsoever and you should not reference them or you should not be... Um, bribed is not the right word, but you should not be pushed into using that as a justification for making any deals or free agent pickups. And I'm pretty sure the way that the rankings on ESPN... And on Yahoo, the default player raiders, they use totals. So the rankings you see there will skew based on the volume of games. If someone's had, over the last two weeks, um, they've played nine games versus someone who's played five games, the rankings will be way off. But all that means is in the weeks coming forward, the player who played a lot of games in the two weeks prior will play fewer games. And it will even itself out. So really, you've got to be careful with that. Anyway, I don't know why I just went into that tangent there, but I did. Pascal Siakam, he is a sell high. Well, football's over. 
There you go. It's done. But basketball, we're flying. We are absolutely rolling towards the playoffs. Pro and college hoops. Really, really rolling. So from the latest odds, totals, player, performance props, you're going to find them all at betonline.net, the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. It is the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right to Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. Let's go to another sell high. That's what we're doing, sell highs. Punch Bob, shit bloke. Bobby Portis, the big fella. The 19th ranked player over the last two weeks, Portis is. And in points leagues, he's 36th. How is this happening? He's only playing 30 minutes a night, not even 29.7. But he's averaging a whopping 21 points per game in his last five games. He's hitting a remarkable 3.4 threes per game and doing that on 53.1%. So the, the answer to the question, how is he doing this? There, that's your answer. How is this happening? Field goal percentage is at 59.4 overall. That, that is his number one category over these last two weeks. And he, he can be a solid shooter. We know this. But he's also shooting under 49% from the, from the field for the season, which is just a bee's dick above average in a fantasy basketball league. 48 is about average. He's at 48.8. So he's just a bee's dick above. So you lose that number of hitting him at 59%, which includes 53%. He's still a really good three-point shooter. He's at 42% for the season. But those 3.4 triples go to two triples. The 21 points go to 16 points. The 59% goes to 49%. And there's 50 ranking spots dropped straight away. That's what it is. He's on a hot streak. He's hitting everything. Serge Ibaka might come in and he's going to play minutes, but Portis isn't playing huge minutes. It's not like Serge is taking this away. If Portis is playing 20, 30 minutes a game, that's it. It's all about the shot, and it's going in at an extraordinarily high level, and it's not going to continue going in at that level. I can guarantee you that. He's averaging 37 fantasy points. His number for the season is 31. There you go. 31's realistic for him, I think. 31, 32, rest of season, fantasy points. 60 to 70 for him, category league, is, is fine. Brook Lopez may or may not come back, but I think Portis will get the bulk of the minutes all regular season. To me, that's a pretty straightforward one. But people get people get excited by big numbers. And, they'll, and people love people who score a lot. So that's why Bobby Portis is a sell high. Let's go to Bam at a bio. Bam, 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 bam. At a bio, since he's come back from his thumb injury, has been really good. Over the last two weeks, which is seven games for him, he's the 15th ranked player in category leagues and he's 12th in points leagues. Big, big numbers. 32 minutes a night, so that's not through the roof. He's averaging 21.6 points. Great. He's averaging 10 rebounds. Also good. But why is this number so high? Well, it's 2.4 steals. That is a huge number. It's just a, it's a very, very big number. And this is a guy who last season averaged 1.2 steals. The season before averaged 1.1. The season before that averaged 0.9, albeit in 23 minutes. So is he all of a sudden the best steals man in the league? Shout out Gary Trent. No, no, he's not. Even the number that he's... He's averaging 1.6 steals for the season here, Punch Bob. And I'm not even sure that's real. Like, that's so far above anything he's done in his career that I have to look at it with a level of skepticism. But that I, I know the 2.4 is fake. And even if that comes down to the 1.6 that he's averaging, yeah, there's going to be a drop-off. 
He's hitting 78 from the line, which is marginally above where he's been, but he has had issues in the past of being 73, 72% free throw, free throw shooter. And we've seen plenty of players have weird regressions in their free throw percentage over their career. So there is a little bit of concern there. The other thing he's doing is at 28 usage since he came back. Now, Tyler Hero's missed some time since he returned. Lowry's missed some time since he returned. And that is enabling Bam to get these extra shots in and to get that scoring going. He's at 57% shooting, which includes 58% from two, which is also at a career or close to a career high. So that might have to drop off, especially considering how he started the season. But with what Bam is doing there, those steals in particular and the and the big usage are the two things that are probably, um, well, are probably almost definitely too high for me. Let's go to another one. And it is the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Barnes has been great. Like, this is a guy that started off the season on this sell-high list a lot. He went onto the buy-low list quite often. And now he's back on the sell-high list because he just goes back and forth so quickly. Over the last two weeks, he's the 28th ranked player and he's 43rd in points leagues. He is shooting a sensational 62.5% from the field. Now, we people don't always dig into this. And I, I don't play on ESPN leagues for obvious reasons. Um... But I believe that when you go to look at stats, they don't even display field goal percentage on the main screen on the app, I think. So you can't even see these things when you go to research a player. I, that's what, if you're looking at the list, that, that's how I believe. Maybe I, I've been told that. Maybe they've changed that. So I apologize if that's not true. But percentages are the hidden things that don't often get incorporated, especially in a points league where you literally do not care about what they shoot, but shooting numbers do impact what their fantasy scores are. So he's at 63% from the field, which includes 73% from two. These are crazy numbers. That is enabling him to score 21.6 points over those last seven games. And yeah, maybe DeMontis Sabonis is creating better shots for him. Sure. But I'm telling you now, he's not this good. As, no, no one is. No one is this shooter. 44 from three, 73 from two. He's on a hot streak. He has six rebounds, three assists. Like, that's fine. Like, whatever. One steal, absolutely zero blocks. Not like he's just blowing up in other areas. He's just hitting shots at a ridiculously high level. And it will not continue. Barnes is a guy, again, he's had plenty of stretches here of outside the top 100. For the season, he's now 75th. And I think you know, if you could sell him off and get a top 60 player back, I reckon you'd be, top 50 was what you target, you'd be feeling pretty good. I don't know if you get it, but you can easily make the argument that, well, Sabonis, he's unlocked him. He's figured it out. Again, I don't buy it, but that's the argument you make when you're trying to sell off someone like Harrison Barnes at the moment. And let's go now on to our last sell high, and that is in Phoenix. And it is Mikhail Bridges, a guy that, again, has been floundering nearly all season. And in points leagues, yeah, you probably wouldn't have wanted to hold him for most of the year. And absolutely right, you shouldn't have because he's been pretty poor. He's 114th ranked player now in points leagues. But over the last two weeks, he's 59th. And in category leagues, he's 29th after being 80th all season. So what has changed here for Bridges? Well, a few things. The scoring is great. 19 points a game. This is a guy that just has not been scoring at that level at all. He's up to 18 usage. He's hitting 61% of his shots from the field, including an astonishing 77% from two. There's your numbers. Now, Bridges can be really, really efficient. He's at 90% from the line. And I look at that and go, all right, maybe you can do it. And I can also look and say, well, he's averaging 0.4 blocks. He could average 0.8. He could. And he's at 1.3 steals and he could average two steals. Yeah, he could. All this, all this is true. And realistically, he could be a top 70 fantasy player very easily. Top 30? I don't think so. 
that that really high percentage is pushing everything sky high. His field goal percentage is by far his biggest category influencer so far in this two-week period. It is yeah, almost three, what is over three times higher than his next best category. And if that drops from that 61% and goes back to 52%, then you lose 30 spots right there. And that, that's basically just how this works. And at the moment, he's crushing it. Yeah, I'd look at him as a top 75 player with understanding that there'll be times when he's outside the top 100 pretty clearly. But if you can get a deal going, you try and get a deal going. That's how I would be looking at it. But I'm also looking at Built Bar and knowing that it's the best tasting protein bar ever. Why wouldn't you know that? Because I've been telling you about it for ages. We're here in February now. And I'm sure many of you, like me, have given up on your New Year's resolutions. But one resolution you shouldn't give up on is trying Built Bar. Have you tried their puffs? If not, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bar tastes that's going. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Sounds like the mad scientists over there have gone crazy. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat and covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a fan favorite. Incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony. Churro. Wow, that's a weird word. Coconut marshmallow. Banana cream pie. Giggity. They're so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All of them covered in 100% real chocolate. So head to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order of Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. Let's go to buy lows now. Um, Orlando. Franz Wagner. 145th ranked player in category leagues over the last two weeks. 144th in points leagues. Why? What's happening? Under 30 minutes a night, there's your number one red flag. Not that he's a 40-minute-a-night player because he doesn't play in Toronto. But 33, sure. So you lose 10% of your minutes, it's going to have an impact. Also, where are the defensive stats? He's He's had one block, one block total in his last seven games. He has had... Um, three steals totals total in his last seven games. That's 0.4 steals a game. This is a guy that theoretically can be a 1.1 steals, 0.9 blocks guy. Yeah, it's a big drop-off. He's averaging just 13.7 points when maybe your 15 to 16 is realistic. Wagner is the 96th ranked player this season. And if Yokai Isaac ever returns, maybe there's going to be an impact. If Markel Fultz ever returns, there's going to be some sort of an impact. But at this point, with Isaac, forget it. He's out signing books or doing whatever he's doing. Fultz, I have a little bit more faith that he'll return, but I'm also not banking on it. So Wagner, the role should be okay. But at the moment, it's down. Is this the role that we would expect for him if Isaac and Fultz play? Yeah, maybe. Maybe 30 minutes is what he does. But again, we're looking at the lower minutes and the lower usage. But if he gets the steals and the blocks back to where they were, then you're fine. Then 30, 40 spots get pushed back onto that, and he's the 110th best player, which I think is probably a more realistic expectation if those other players return. But for now, you might find him on the waiver wire. You might be able to get him for your two worst players like for a streaming spot. You might be able to get him, given the little bit of a drop here and the constant fear of maybe Yokai ever returning. Let's go to the next one. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Yusuf Nurkic. Now... Some might say that Yusuf Nurkic has been great of late, and I understand that. It's, it's true. But the numbers do not lie. He's the 99th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 38th in points leagues. And the reason I bring this up 
is that no matter what happens, I will see this no matter where I browse, whether it's the toxic garbage dump that is the Yahoo player chats, whether it's on Reddit, whether it's in the basketball monster forums, whether it's people tweeting at me, whether it's people tweeting at other fantasy people. I try and keep uh, my finger on the pulse of people's discussions right across the fantasy landscape. And people overreact to bad free throw nights like crazy. Someone will go out there and go 0 of 2 from the line. And I'm sorry, kids, but cover your ears. And this is what you'll see. Like, fucking killed my week. How can I fucking do this? Yeah, you fucking scrub. I, now I've lost free throws. You just killed me. Like, my guy, he went 0 of 2. But people overreact. And Yusuf Nurkic is down at 99th because he's hitting 58.3% of his free throws. A very bad number. That is not a good number at all. You know, he is not a good free throw percent guy. He's not like hitting 80%. He probably could, but he's not. But 58 is well, well down on where he's been most of the season, and it's dropping his number. It is just tanking everything. His field goals are also down at 47%, because he's hitting 48% on his twos and 33% from three. So both of those percentages can easily come back up. 0.9 blocks. Now, I know his blocks have been, I don't know, absent for God knows what reason. They've been you know, in health and safety protocols all season. But they can, they can come back up. And at 0.7 steals, that's well down to where he's been as well. So I think Nurkic from here on out, and you're going to say, Josh, you just love Nurkic, mate. What are you talking about? Your fingers, fingers in his ass. What are you talking about, mate? Uh, I think from here on out, I think he's a top 50 player. I, maybe top 40. He's 72nd from the for the season, playing 28 minutes. Remember that bullshit of, oh, Nurkic can't play 30 minutes, mate. He's, just, he's not fit enough. He, he, can't, he can only play 24. He's averaging 32 over the last seven. So all of that stuff from Billups at the start of the season, I think was bullshit. Um... But yeah, look, at the moment, the ranking numbers, which again, influences so many people and someone who's had him and had a bad experience last week because he tanked their free throws, they people can be reactionary. So you look at moving. I think he's a top 40 player the rest of the way. Ja Morant, similarly, some bad shooting numbers. Now Morant, again, he's been pretty good this year, but it doesn't get mentioned that he has started to drop a little bit. 83rd over the last two weeks, 16th in point season. 16th in point season is not a gigantic drop, but it is when you're the 11th ranked player. Like you have lost some spots there. Morant, people will look at it often and go, okay, well, he's averaging 29 points per game. That's great. But he's hitting 15% of his threes. He's hitting zero point, he's making 0.7 threes per game and he's at 65% from the line. And in category leagues, those three things dropping off, minuscule threes, the three-point percentage drags his field goals down, even though he's still at 51% from the field. And that free throw number on a huge amount of attempts, almost eight per game, what it drags the number down. But what it also means is if those things normalize, then that just jumps back up. So it's not about dragging it down, but if he just gets back to normal, then, then the top 20 is realistic for him. So you got to find people who are frustrated. Look if the person who had Jar Morant lost their free throw percentage matchup last week. Look that up. Look if they lost their threes last week. Check that out. And they might be frustrated with Jar's real absence of those numbers over his last seven games. Everything else has been pretty good for him. But a little bit of a drop in some of those areas. Let's go to Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. Um, over the last two weeks, Brownie is the 108th ranked player in category leagues. He's 52nd in points leagues. Again, the question is always going to be why. He, he has blocked one shot in the last seven games. Now, he's not a prolific shot blocker, but one block. It hurts. It makes a difference. 
He's averaging also just 19 points. This is a guy that you should be getting 23, 24 points from. Four extra points per game hurts. So where is that, where's that absence? Well, it's really there. It's, like, it's standing, sticking out at you like dog's balls. Shout out if your dog still got his balls. Obi, unfortunately, no. He's hitting one three a game. And he's doing it at 20%. Right, you get that back to 35%, 34%. You hit two threes per game. The 19 points goes to 22 points. And we're all in love again. It's all back to normal. Happy Valentine's Day to you and Jalen. Like, it's all happy. But 20% from three is obviously a shocking number that is unsustainably shocking and will bump up. The 1.13s will bump up. Therefore, the points will bump up. Oh, yeah. And then instead of one block every two weeks, you might get three blocks every two weeks. And it might seem inconsequential, but it actually makes a difference. And the last guy, if anyone ever tells you, if anyone ever tells you or comments or writes, Josh is so biased, man. He just hates players. He just hates them. He just can't see anything. Here's where you point to it. I, Jeremy Grant annoys the shit out of me. He's one of the worst players for me to watch in the NBA. Right? Can't stand watching him. He, he frustrates me so much. But he is a, a massive buy low because I know he is better than this. And so you know, I try to keep as much bias out of things and, and I think I do a pretty good job. But of course, everyone will say that I don't. And, and that's fine. That's just the nature of things. Because when you're not to get too philosophical here, but if you're accusing someone else of bias, it's because you've got your own bias baked in there and you're valuing someone at a different level on someone else. Uh, where does the real bias sit? Anyway, I'm getting too far, far afield here. Jeremy Grant, I don't like him as a player. I don't like him in this role or who he thinks he can be, but he is a gigantic fantasy basketball by low. Since he returned from injury, he's playing only 29 minutes a game. There's your number one red flag. What's going on? That'll bump up. He's 187th in category leagues, 120th in points leagues. We have our issues with Grant, and I do worry that fake injuries will appear for him as the Pistons continue to suck, and he continues to suck. But he is, for the course of the season, the 69th-ranked player. Giggity! So, top 80 is absolutely where he goes. So what's happened since he returned? Hasn't been good. Hasn't been good at all in these seven games. 0.3 0.3 steals. Not enough. Needs one. Like he's a good defender. Needs one. Under 40% from the field and only three rebounds. Now, Jeremy Grant is a bad rebounder for his position. But three is comically low. Under 40% shooting on 24 usage hurts. It hurts your team a lot. And that, along with his complete absence of steals and the complete lack of rebounds, is pushing him this far down. Like there is a hundred spot jump here coming for Grant, I think at some point. As much as I don't think he's good, he is not this bad. And those numbers will, and they, the field goal might go from 39, it might go to 43, which is still not great, but it's not hurting you that much. And even though you might be in a situation where you have to punt field goals, getting that field goal percentage up four percentage points adds more onto his scoring totals. Probably adds more onto his three pointers made. And then you get the other thing starting to come in with the rebounds, hopefully going more than three per game as a power forward and coming in and giving you a little bit more in terms of the steal numbers. So that'll do it for my buy lows and sell highs today. Let me know. Do you have any of them on your team? Drop it in the comments below. Do you disagree with any of these? Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app, YouTube. Just answer me. Chuck something down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.